This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. You got me, Kevin Hagland. You got Corey Majors. You got Mike Bassick back at the studio. It is Alec Medford and joining us until we tell him to go away. It is Bobby Belt from The Morning Show. Now, yesterday, we started to go through some of these things. More questions and answers that will decide who wins the Super Bowl. Gentlemen, are you ready? Well, I'm kind of concerned because I heard that Bobby ruined The Morning Show, and now we're about to have him on our show. Jimmy and Plano did say that. Yeah, I've heard that it. That was a long time ago, though, right? Yeah. That I ruined it or yeah. a long time ago that he said it? Probably both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I mean, what I joined November of twenty one. Uh-huh. So yeah, probably about there. Holy crap, or twenty two. November long? of twenty two. Oh my god. I think it's gonna be all right. I think you'll do just fine. Yeah, we did great at Noah's Fine Watches and Jewelry. That, that was, was fun. That so that was good. Yeah. So yeah, I think it'll be all right. That's where it right. rocks. Who wins the matchup on Sunday? Travis Kelsey or the 49ers linebackers? Like, who do you like in that head to head matchup? Are they gonna put? Are they gonna put? A linebacker? Are they going to put Fred Warner and say, "Hey, this is you"? Or I don't think they would do you that. Doesn't hurt. Travis Kelsey win every linebacker matchup? Well, Fred Warner is different. He's unique. Like, yeah, that's a dude that can do everything. He's just as athletic as Kelsey. But I mean, I think they're throwing double teams at him, safeties. I think they're putting it. They're they're doing what the Mavericks did to Kobe and stuff. They're just saying we're throwing everybody at you in this game. Yeah, and, I mean, Dre Greenlaw is pretty good in coverage too. It doesn't necessarily have to be that, and it could just be something where they're passing him off in zone coverages and you know trying to take him that way. But which has been effective. I think this he year. still wins though. Like I think he still yeah. like at the end of the day, he, you look back and you go, dang, he had I don't know four catches for. 80 yards and a touchdown. And you're like, that's a victory right there. A great example of it is just the touchdown that he scored to open the game against the Ravens. Like, the Ravens played that perfect. Like, yeah. he was blanketed, and Mahomes puts it on the outside, and he still catches it in perfect coverage. I, I think that it's the uh, it's the old cliche. It's the can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. That's Travis Kelsey. And you remember that, that one play where Mahomes looked like he was done? And then all of a sudden, he's running to the line, and you're like, he's going to run for a first down, and he stops floats the ball, right. and Cal- Kelsey's like, no way this dude can catch it. Somehow just reaches out. and gr- the, Those two right there, they have some sort of relationship that's unique. Their, their success together is amazing. I agree with all of that, and San Francisco has been very good against tight ends this year. Seventh fewest yards, but maybe more importantly, second fewest yards allowed after the catch, but that's just for the entire league. This is a obviously a special connection. With Mahomes and Kelsey. Yeah, and look, I mean, to be honest, if you want to talk about, I know this sounds like something that people wonder sometimes, like, well, how how realistic is it to, to look at this as an advantage? But I genuinely think it is a lot of times for teams. Like, the those 49ers defenders have the ability to practice across from George Kittle every day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I, I mean, he can... He can mimic a lot of what Kelsey does, and I, I think that that helps prepare them 
in a way that other teams are not equipped to do. But, again, it is still Travis Kelsey, and he's still going to get his. The other thing, too, is, like, because one of the factors of San Francisco is they're physical, right? Like, they hit you. They make you – they just wear you out. By the time you get to halftime, you're like, man, is game over yet? Travis Kelsey, that's not a factor for him. He's like, no, that's part of my game. I love this part of the game. So, be physical with me. No, oh, good luck. We're, I'll, still, I'll still fight through it. Do you think – I know I'm going to Cowboys here – when you watch playoff football, the Cowboys aren't a playoff football team. Like, they can't handle this, what you just talked about. They can't handle that. They cannot handle San Francisco's physicality. They obviously couldn't handle Green Bay's physicality. I just look at it and wonder if the Cowboys are looking at themselves. We asked them two years ago after losing to San Francisco, yep. are you guys ready to handle the physical nature of kind of playoff football the way San Francisco manhandled you? And they said, yeah, we think so, and it's two years later and watching these playoffs. I think you just brought up a great point is Travis Kelsey can handle that. The Chiefs can handle that. I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to win. I actually think San Francisco is going to win. But, like, these two teams show how strong they are, and they will not be intimidated by another team's physicality. I think Jake Ferguson is that guy. I could see that. Like, that dude has but that But there's not a lot of them he, like Yeah, that. you're right. There's there's not enough. He, we need more Jake Fergusons. And that's the old coach thing, right? If I had all, a whole team of Jake Fergusons, we'd be blah, 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 blah. Really yeah. slow. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> probably that, 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 I mean, that's a good point for Mike, though, in terms of just the way that they've talked for two years about, like, oh, we're going to address this and we're going to do this. That's why, to me, as – look, I think relative to the rest of the NFL, the Cowboys in a lot of ways are uh, – the messaging that comes out of there can be a little more thin-skinned at times than other places. They don't like being challenged. They're like, well, you know, we, I, I think we're pretty physical. I think we're this, we're that. That's why after the way the season ended to me, it's like you are not allowed to get offended by any question about your team this offseason. Yeah. You can't push back and say – it's. It, I, I actually appreciated Steven's line when he was at Senior Bowl where he said, look, look at some point we just have to prove it. Like, like our words kind of mean nothing, and so they, they have every right to be mad. And I think that that's a, a shift in tone from the front office that I actually appreciate. Will the Kansas City receivers continue to step it up? They were awful in the regular season. Led the league in drops, 28. Led the league in drop rate, 12%. In the playoffs, they've cut that in half. Only two drops, 6.1% drops. They've clearly been playing better. I'm not saying that means they've been the best, but they've been playing a lot better. The uh, I don't know if you saw, but Sky Moore has been activated, Mike. So oh, there's great. more Sky well, Moore. Well, they're in your screwed. Uh, the the uh, I think what's really like what I Next really enjoyed is Kadarius Tony's going to be on the team too. What oh, I really enjoyed Lord. about it was kind of watching the way that they played things off Kelsey for Rice, so that he could be in open spaces and have open lanes to even go further with. I think that Andy Reid's going to develop more of that and have more of those designs set up. Uh, but the Valdez Scantling catch was that was the one like that changed that was they said all right that's dagger right there I think in the Buffalo game he had a huge yeah and shoot. so like th those those were, are unexpected to me I don't expect that I expect Kelsey and him to and uh, and Rice to be pretty good uh, but I didn't expect anything from Scantling and then again Mike as we were discussing yesterday they did such a good job of make seeing if there's something deep but then checking down quickly and that's why Mahomes was able to start off so hot in that game. Watching ESPN, they've given a lot of credit to Patrick Mahomes just saying, all right, what can these receivers do? Through these 17 games as they have failed as a unit, they've been really bragging on Mahomes saying he has never given up on these receivers. He's taken all the responsibility for what has happened, and they're saying this is where I do not have this eye. I think you do have to be a, a 
somewhat of a former professional football player to say he's throwing the ball a little bit shorter or he's doing these things. He knows that Rice can catch the ball on the move. He knows that Valdez Scantling struggles catching the ball on the move. So that pass to win the game, he's almost like, hey, I've had this pass before. I let him perfectly, and he dropped it. I will just throw this one and leave it a little bit short Knowing like, hey, you're so more you of a stop. yeah, you're more of a cradler catcher yeah. rather than snatching the ball out of the air. Let me throw you a cradle cradle ball here. And so, I, I think that it's it's yes, they have become better. But I I do give a lot of credit to Patrick Mahomes going. All right, I know what these guys can't do through 17 games. I know what they can do, and I'm going to make this game easier on these guys. Yeah, I, I think Rasheed Rice has really kind of come into his own recently, and that's a, that's a guy that I liked a lot coming out of SMU, and I think that that's somebody who that's the natural progression you want to see. Like, for instance, all the stuff we talk about with Jalen Tolbert and how frustrating that's been with, with his slow build to, right. to what you need, I, I think that that's not been the case. Early on, Rasheed Rice had a lot of trouble, but when you watch, I think you're seeing all the, the steps, the marks that you're hitting that you want to see out of that to where I think he is prepared for this game. I think he is ready to be that. Now, can MVS continue to be that guy? I don't have any faith in that just because he's been <laughs> remarkably inconsistent his whole career. Yeah. But Rice at least has shown an ability to continue to progress and step up with the moment. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the Fan. Coming up next, ranking the all-time Super Bowl QB matchups, which were the best and which was the absolute worst ever. Let's talk about it live from Super Bowl Radio Row in Vegas on 105.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. We are live on Radio Row in Las Vegas. And as always, want to thank all of our really cool sponsors for helping us get here. Low T, of course, leading the way as our presenting sponsor. Also, Best Buy Windows and Siding. And I do believe in a minute we're going to have Malik Jefferson rolling up to the a number one air hot seat so before we get to that i did have one more question if i could throw out for you guys and i kind of told you all about this off air will somebody for the 49ers besides nick bosa get pressure on patrick mahomes so if you look at the postseason javon hargrave solid during the regular season in the postseason 59 pass rushing snaps zero sacks zero qb hits Chase Young, 51 pass rushing attempts in the postseason. Zero sacks, zero QB hits. There's been 11 QB hits by the 49ers in the postseason. Nine of them are from Nick Bosa. Two of them are from the rest of the team combined. I I get it. Nick Bosa, he does his thing. Can they get pressure outside of just him? I I feel like you're bringing up a lot of good points. Corey, I feel like if 
if it's only Bosa getting pressure, then Kansas City is going to win this yes. game. So yeah. I'm predicting San Francisco is going to win this game. So I would say then, yes, they will get pressure some way, somehow from other people. Uh, I mean, you didn't name anything about Randy Gregory, like his impact, Kevin. Yeah, man, he loves what? riding that pony what in the playoffs. He, get, he finds guards and he jumps on their back and he says, hey, can I have a pony ride? Well, that's definitely not going <laughs> to work for them. Okay, to, to kind of rock along with that, though, um, two weeks off is good for, for their legs. Um, the, the other thing is this season they haven't quite been that same group that we always expect Agreed. out of it. And, and I think that that's one of the, the bigger factors is Nick, they rely so much on Nick Bosa's opportunities. I think Fred Warner will probably have one, maybe two blitzes at big moments that he dices through there, and you're like, oh, wow, how did that happen? But Mahomes is, like, when you say pressure on Mahomes, it's different than pressure on Dak, different than pressure on almost any other quarterback, maybe Lamar, but, like, he just feels the pocket so well. And then he steps into into spaces and makes this this room for himself. So even if it's pressure, it's not the pressure with him, Kevin. It's the sack. Like that's the real thing. The pressure is fine for him. He can handle it. I think you're onto something. That is actually something both of these quarterbacks excel at. Is pressure conversion rate to sacks is very low for both Purdy and Mahomes. And so getting pressure is great, and it might alter your plan. But we've seen plenty of times. You saw this Brock Purdy in the NFC Championship game. You've seen it with Patrick Mahomes, I don't know, like 50 times. Putting pressure on him does not necessarily throw off what's going to happen. As you mentioned, Purdy and his taking pressure, I just think to myself, he could become the number two quarterback in the NFL. If he wins this Super Bowl, God, there's been so much built up on him nationally that he's not the guy. That I'm just wondering, gosh, if he wins this thing, I think he's. it's going to be, well, Mahomes is still better. I don't think there's any way to be better than him. But I'm thinking to myself, wow, man, Purdy is getting built up in a way that he's not good enough. And if he is good enough, do we now go, well, it's Mahomes one and Purdy's number two. Hey, Mike. Hey, what? How would you like some basketball news? Okay, it's the way you're saying this. I'm just reading your body language and the way you're talking. You're looking at me like the Mavericks have made a trade. Hey, Mike, how would you like some Mavericks basketball news? Okay. Per Woj, and the draft compensation part's probably going to be the key and to tip how you feel about this yeah. deal. The Washington Wizards are near, nearing a deal to send Daniel Gafford to the Mavericks for Rashawn Holmes and draft compensation. At this moment, I do not see what the draft compensation is. But we had a conversation about some of the key wing players, whether it was Wiggins or whoever. We talked about Kuzma. This is somebody who can rebound the ball for you, if if that's what you're looking for. This is a true center. You want to kick him out and work him at the four with Lively, although I assume you would work Lively more at the four and Gafford at the five. This does fit a more pressing need for the Mavericks. I don't know what the rest of the compensation is, though. So I do love this in that the player you're getting. Until we know the draft picks, that could change my mind. It better not be a first-round pick. But if you look at when I said Wendell Carter Jr., who I really like. Yes. Do you have the draft pick compensation? No, 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 I don't. He's averaging 11 points and 8 rebounds. He's 25 years old. He'll turn 26 next season at the start of October. 6'10", 234". A guy who rebounds, a guy who's athletic, 
a guy that doesn't need the ball to be successful because you're probably not going to get the ball a whole bunch when you have a healthy Luka and a healthy Kyrie. You're going to get lobs. You're going to get opportunities like that. But so I like they need somebody to help out Derek Lively Jr. because you only have one center on your team. So now you have two and a guy who can pick up 24 to 30 minutes a night. And this is a player as we wait to see the draft compensation with the Mavericks per Woj on the brink of picking up Daniel Gafford that will be pairing with Lively for a while. Yes. So this is not this is not a uh, expiring contract deal or anything like that. Is he somebody who's under contract for the next three years? So this year and two more this years. And you already brought up he's going to turn 26. So I realize the NBA yeah. structure of age can be way different, but still a younger player to pair along live. Now, like the interesting play. thing is he doesn't shoot three-pointers at all. No. Like, literally doesn't shoot them at all. In his career, he shot one in his life in the NBA. So Did he make it? You are getting – no. You, and it might have been a half-court heave. I have sure. no clue. But you're looking at a guy who's very similar to Derek Lively. I don't think the potential's there. Derek Lively has the ability, I think, two to three years from now to maybe make an all-star team. It's very tough at the center position when you have Jokic there and stuff like that. But I look at this and go, okay, you're getting what you need. You're getting an athletic big who can switch on to littler guys because there's a lot of switching in the NBA. So if he has to guard, let's just say you're playing the Clippers and he has to guard Leonard or he has to guard Harden, it's like, oh, no, he's going to blow right by that guy, and now we're screwed. He's athletic enough to play defensively against multiple guys, and then he is a leaper. He's a Derek Lively offensive player around the basket, putting the ball back in off of offensive rebounds, getting a lob and dunking it. I think the great thing is, I know I hate on this guy, but as long as you're healthy, you will never see Dwight Powell touch the court again until the game's over. <laughs> well, I, you will probably love this, too, that feeds into that. Is I was looking on StatMuse. He has a 70.8% scoring efficiency, which would be tops in the league. So when you talked about not needing the ball, yeah. but when he does get the ball, it is usually converted, although clearly in a smaller sample size, He's exceedingly efficient when he gets the ball. Yeah, this is – I think this is a good – it doesn't put the Mavs over the top, but this is something addition. that they desperately needed, Corey. So now we won't talk about, well, if they score 130, will they even win the game? Like, I do think now – it's a big number, but if the Mavs can get to kind of over 120 points in a game, this will really help that they should be able to win because when Derek Lively is hurt or he's out of the game resting – the other team can do whatever they want around the basket. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of watching some things, and he seems like a pretty decent passer too. Yeah, uh, from from the top of the key. I'm not saying from down in the in the block. It seems like he can do some things there. And when you say leaper, I don't see the like. Uh, he's not on a pogo stick, but he can right. jump, and he's physical. He's yeah. big, and this is this is nice to see. And I think uh, yeah, part of the rotation now. Do I go? All right, we still have to find something else. Is there one other thing that this team needs? that's not just Kyrie, Luka, and those two guys. I do know this. I was watching a video, and I, I, people were breaking this down on the Mavs, when Dorian Finney-Smith just the other night was sitting. He's intentionally sitting out because they're trying to trade him, and they don't want him to get hurt. He's sitting out tonight's game already. So maybe he is kind of hurt, but they're just making sure that they don't hurt his trade value at all. Yeah. They're saying if you read his lips, he tells Jaden Hardy, I'm coming back. Oh, now, does that mean I'm coming back to play? Does that mean I'm coming back to Dallas? Yeah. You know, that's where you got to go. Okay, if you read his lips right, he didn't say I'm coming back to the Mavericks. You know, like, you know, what does that mean? 
I think he could help out a lot because that's a guy defensively who's a premium defensive player who knows the system, fits in with Luka, great friends. By the way, Gafford averages right now 2.2 blocks per seventh, game. Seventh in the league. This yeah. year. So you're talking about defending the rim. So if a guy does get to the basket, he does make it difficult to score over just like Derek Lively does. Yes. And look, the other thing is uh, when you were talking about, Corey, I'm really curious about this. When you were talking about next moves for the Mavericks, I'm very interested that they took on a longer term player that clearly fits in this system alongside Lively is now you have another person that you're like, what about next year? What about next year? So I don't know what that means for the rest of the day. But yeah. this is already a good, I think it's a good move for the Mavericks, depending on, you might change if you're like, good Lord. So you're, you're thinking, and you're, and you're, you said rest of the day, longer term is a great addition to the plan, but now maybe find a mercenary. I, exa- is that what you're saying? Yes, because okay. you think about, and I don't know if you can afford that. I, like, we've talked about this before. I don't know if you can afford it. But now you have, theoretically, let's say, you feel like you have at least six players that you see as part of this team going forward in terms of Hardy Green, Kyrie, Luca, Gafford. Is Green? Well, yeah. As much as they were trying to consider moving him in this conversation. For now. Yeah. Gafford and Lively. And that could shift, but yeah. at least you're looking at, hey, this maybe fits together more like a basketball team. Yes. And that's where Jason Kidd, you know, I don't love everything he said on his quotes when he was talking about Luca being better than Dirk and he's ready to be Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, I, I think there's a, a way bigger step he has to take in figuring out how do I win 50-plus games a year consistently. And I know Dirk had better teammates, but he was just doing that every year in his prime. Like, we're going to win 50 to 60 games every year no matter what, no matter who's hurt around me, no matter what. I know how to win 50 regular season games. Luca has to get to that point. I think this helps. And I was just going to throw this out. He is still in rumors. I did see who's the really heavy guy on ESPN uh, that is LeBron's best friend. Oh, Windhorst? Windhorst. Windhorst. He was saying that he thinks Miles Bridges is going to get dealt today. The issue is, is the Mavs. Did you see what Miles said about yeah, that? Yeah, he's blocking he said, everything. He's I'm blocking all. Here's the I'm thing that's going. tough. He's the is, Cowboys with their defensive cor- uh, uh, assistance. Yeah, he's the dead. Mavs could only give him mid-level exception, which means he would be perfect for this team sure. if you take out what he's done off yep. the court. But on the court, he would be perfect. He could be your guy that gives you 25 a night. He would be your guy who's a great defender, a guy who's as physically strong that could take on Kawhi Leonard's. The issue and the problem is is then he would be a free agent and you can't compete in the market because you don't have his bird rights. Just another thing to throw out there. The Knicks also made a trade. They're picking up Bogdanovich. And so they're Which making – uh, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's that is good, fair enough. Bojan <laughs> Bogdanovich okay. is. And so we'll keep an eye on that. 2 p.m. When our show ends, the trade deadline ends, well, 2.05-ish usually. Do you, you think Gafford out. can be ready tonight for the Mavericks-Knicks game? I don't know <laughs> if Where's I, Washington at? Can we get him? Because Derek Lively's obviously dealing with nose surgery. Yes, and, and, and obviously Lucas got his mask well, going now. Yeah, of course he'd be ready for tonight. Well, All Jason Kidd's going to say is go out there and be big, man. I was told by our buddy big. Walt, Luca had to take off that mask early in the game, and I thought it was because it was uncomfortable, but he told me that supposedly it wasn't mandated by the NBA, and I'm like, you mandate mask? Like, what was wrong with his mask? It's just oh, trying to cover a It's like a throwback contusion, three or four years ago. 
So I'm just going to assume he was uncomfortable with it because after the first timeout or whatever, he took it off and then played without a mask. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we might react to more of this Mavs trade, picking up Daniel Gafford, but also we will talk with Pro Football Hall of Famer who was also in Congress. It's Steve Largent right here on 105.3 The Fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan where there are big doings transpiring already out here on Radio Row. So thank you very much to Low T Center, Best Buy Windows and Siding for getting this going. The Mavericks are in the midst of finishing a trade for Daniel Gafford from the Washington Wizards for Rashawn Holmes and a to-be-determined amount of draft compensation that will probably tip the balance one way or another how we feel about this deal in particular. But right now... On the A number one air hot seat, that's right, we take this seriously. <laughs> it is Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Largent. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? Now, I've always been curious, as you have such an insane resume, is it better to introduce you as former congressman, former Pro Football Hall of Famer? Like, what's the number one <laughs> line on the bio? He's got with him right now, so I'm yeah, going to really? go with that my gosh. Okay, that, that answers. <laughs> Do you get a special congressional coat yeah. as well? I, I don't get a special <laughs> congressional coat. There so, you go. Uh, yeah, my, uh, I, I'm sort of wishing a pox on uh, the whole Congress, but uh, anyway, it's uh, that's another <laughs> I, subject. I feel like you'd find a lot of people who would probably agree with you on yeah. that. Yeah. What happens if you change sizes? You either get bigger after you get into the Hall of Fame or you get thinner because guys can do that, especially former NFL players. Can you call up the Hall of Fame and say, hey, I need another jacket. I don't fit in this one. Uh, I haven't had to do that, and I hope I don't have to. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I I feel like that uh, I'm I'm moving closer to needing a bigger jacket than getting a smaller jacket. One of the most elite receivers in your time, and I, I wonder when you look at kind of the way things are now, you go, man. This is this would be a fun era to play in. Exactly. That's what I I, I I tell everybody that listen to me. I enjoy watching the game more today than I did when I played, because because they're throwing the ball so much more, and it 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 really is a pass happy league now, and and I love it. I love watching the game. I heard Kyle Shanahan talking about like the way their splits are, and how when he was looking at things, everything was so wide, and he said, you know, he brought things in because he was a receiver in college, uh-huh. and he said, you know there's more ways to get guys open with these with these bunch routes do you look at it that way too and go i like the one-on-one matchups or all these paths to kind of open lanes for me is there you know there's so many ways that you can talk about the game you can play the game uh and you know he's he's got a system and it obviously works for him uh he's been in the super bowl before uh and so you can't argue with that but uh 
you know, I, I think there's a lot of ways to, to, to play the game, and, and uh, he, he's found one that works for him and uh, more power to him. But, uh, uh, I, you know, that, that's the part of the game. That's the piece of the game that, that, I, that I always look at. And uh, unfortunately, you know, with a tele- just watching the game on television, you don't get to see yeah. as much as you'd like to. But, Downfield, uh, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, but but you know, nonetheless, uh, it's, it's still a really fun part of the game. The, the y'all's y'all's style back then was so much more physical. Rub yeah. routes would have just been fights. Is that what it is? Yeah. Like a, right. <laughs> the yeah, defender exactly. could karate <laughs> chop him. Yeah. I mean, we we, we perfected some of those uh, rub routes and things like that, and standing in front of the defensive back so that you can get the other receiver open but uh you know it, it's uh you know it, it's a different game today and like i said I, I love it more today than ever before is that why your stats weren't that great no i'm just <laughs> kidding i'm just kidding i just we get this in the conversation all the time when people are like oh you know look back at steve large and look at his numbers compared to now and i'm like oh my goodness do you still engage in those conversations about why the numbers are so different or you're like hey go read up on how football's changed uh you know you know, when, when I pass the records that I passed for most catches or yardage or whatever, uh, <clears throat> I knew that it was a point in time uh, and that, uh, uh, that somebody eventually was going to pass me. And it didn't take Jerry Rice long to pass me. So sure. he was the next guy. <clears throat> but then there's somebody that's going to pass Jerry and there's somebody that pass him. But uh, just because the game's changed and, and played differently than it, is, uh, than it was when we played. But uh, I, I, don't, I don't worry about that stuff. Who's your who's your favorite right now receiver to watch? Because Ceedee Lamb for us, the, going into the season, it was ah uh, he's not a number one. I was like, wait for this dude to get his opportunity. When you watch receivers right Whoops. now, who's the guy? Yeah, exactly. And then he goes out and does what he did this year. Who do you really enjoy watching? Well, <laughs> I have to say DK yes. Metcalf. <laughs> oh, and, him and Lockett are fans. Yeah, I love the, that. And and, and, and Lockett too. I mean, Lockett's from Tulsa. He's he's my hometown boy. But uh, you know. DK is a guy that has unbelievable potential. He's got incredible size. He's six foot four, weighs two hundred and thirty pounds, playing wide receiver. He looks like he was chiseled out of granite. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, those guys were tight ends or tackles when I played. Uh, But you know, he he really is. I mean, he's he's a. You know, if if he's not going to get the ball, he's downfield blocking for whoever got the ball. I mean, he he he's got. He doesn't have this whole game put together yet, but he's pretty darn close. So when I was riding buses in AAA, getting around 30 years old, I figured I better figure out something else because this baseball thing isn't going to set me up for life like I thought it might. But you were a great football player. Probably, I don't know what your lifetime earnings were in football, but probably made a good enough living that you could say, I don't really have to do anything else. At what point in your life did you say, I might want to get into politics. Well, <clears throat> that was my wife who said that, that I needed to get into politics, by the way. But, um, you know, the thing was, is my first three years I played in the league, I made twenty eight, thirty five, dollars and $42,000. Mm. That's not a lot of money yeah. anytime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, PBR and <laughs> so, you know, that, that, was, that was the contract that I signed. Uh, it wasn't until my fourth year that I made $100,000. And, you know, that's a lot of money, but, yeah. you know, it's not the kind of money that people think you made as a football player. And it sure isn't enough to last your whole life. Right. Uh, but, you know, I, I was able to play longer, and, and uh, every year I got a better contract like you normally would. But uh, it was, uh, you know, the experience itself was just an amazing experience. Uh, but I tell you, I had a job every off season. 
And it was because I, I, was, I was exploring what kind of job I'd like to have after I get out of football, whenever I get hurt or I'm cut or whatever. I, I, so I worked in, a, uh, uh, what's the, uh, the shoe, shoe, shoe store? Uh, foot Locker? Yeah, hey. foot, I, I was oh, in a yeah. Foot Locker for uh, two years. Uh, I worked at a, I worked at a crime lab at the in the in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Whoa. Worked in the crime lab for about three years. When you were and selling so, shoes, where people were like, "Hey, you're a Pro Bowl wide receiver." <laughs> he was the best shoe salesman. It, it was early enough in my career when I did that that they didn't even recognize okay. me, and most people don't recognize me anyway because yeah. I'm smaller than they expect. But. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was uh, it, it was a different league then. Yeah, a totally different league. Yeah. I don't know how much more time we have, but crime lab. I need to know more about like that experience. Was it like everything you see on CSI, or was it like a lot lo- lower key with that? It was a little lower key, okay, <clears throat> but it wasn't that far off from what what you see on TV. We we weren't actually uh, endangered. Yeah, uh, going out <laughs> out and you know uh, arresting people, but we were looking at evidence that had been uh, put into the lab uh, to see. You know, uh, just what what was, what if if the the, the person was telling the truth or not, and yeah. and uh, so it was fun. But these Very were fun. responsible people that would never throw a piece of evidence to you, right? And be like, "Hey, catch this, Pro Bowl." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a little of that. Okay, oh my. That. that feels <laughs> very that feels very reckless. I, I I was curious. Obviously, as Cowboys fans, we're in the midst of a lengthy, lengthy playoff run of sadness. Is when you come to the Super Bowl, everybody wants to talk to you. Is it at all bittersweet at all knowing that, yes. like, this, okay. Absolutely. When I come here, I think, man, I would have loved to have done this when I played. I played 14 years and never got to this level. We got to the Conference AFC team? playoff. Yeah. I mean, the, the AFC championship game against the Raiders. We lost. Uh, but that was as close as I ever got. And, uh, you know, so there's a, there's a little something in my heart that, that pulls on me when I come here and think about the experiences that these two teams have uh, this week and the game they're about to play. But, you know, uh, over time, it, you know, some of that goes away. What have you thought about – what do you think about these groups of wide receivers? Because, obviously, more credit goes to the 49ers, and we've talked a lot about the improvements in the playoffs the Chiefs receivers have made. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think number one, they're uh, – they both both teams have really good quarterbacks, right? Uh, and I think that they both have really good tight ends. And even though the, the receivers for Kansas City haven't played great most of the year, they've they've amped it up in the off se- in, in the in the postseason, and uh, so they played a lot lot better. And and uh, Mahomes it shows. Uh, so I, I think I think both teams have good receivers, have good tight ends, have good quarterbacks. Uh, but I would say. If I were betting on the game, and I'm, I don't bet on the game, and, and here we are in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, I, w- I would just go with the more experienced quarterback. And, you know, believe it or not, that's Patrick Mahomes. Tell me about the secret Hall of Fame dinner uh, that's oh. going on. Watch see if he does it. Which Hall of Fame dinner? The secret oh. Hall of Fame dinner. Can you tell me about it? Well, there, there's an event that the Hall of Fame hosts tomorrow, uh, and I'm going to that. But uh, I don't know any secret. other secret. Look at him it's keeping the secret still. They're committed. I'm proud of you. I'm <laughs> Hold proud on. Of you, are you Steve. insinuating there is? A, I, was there... Trying to, I was trying to lure it out of him yeah. just a little bit. I think it's. I think. I, well, that, there is there is a, a meal that we have during the week of the induction ceremony, where it, it's a uh, a lunch that we have that is only Hall of Famers in the lunch, 
and that may be what you're referring well, to. Well, I was I always love the idea of John Madden saying y'all's bus talk to each other, and I just imagine there's a secret dinner somewhere. <laughs> Do you guys serve pork rinds at the secret dinner? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Can, is there anything we need to talk about? Anything you can tell us about the Gridiron Greats Association yes. with pork rinds? Right. And well, everything? thank you for that. I, I, I'm actually here uh, for the pork rind industry because they're giving money to Mike Ditka's uh, uh, charity that goes to former players that the game was really built on these guys' backs who really didn't make a lot of money. I talked about how much money I made when I first started. Uh, but these guys made even less oftentimes uh, playing in the 60s and 70s. Uh, but these guys are hurting, and uh, these guys need help, uh, and they need counseling, they need uh, medical help, and Mike Ditka saw that and started a fund, and so I'm trying to help uh, him raise money for this fund to help former brothers in the NFL. And it's the Gridiron Greats Assistant Fund, if y'all want to go check that out. I know you got a roll. Thank you very, very hey, much thank for you coming on with us. Appreciate and for it. bringing the jacket. That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. That's awesome. Thank Thanks you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank Steve you. Largent on the A number one hot seat right here on 105.3 The Fan. Mike. Yes. You have a decision here. Okay. I think I know which way you're going to go. I Tell me. Do you want to go into some baseball nuggets, or do you want to talk more about this Mavericks trade? I want to talk a little bit more about this Mavericks trade right now because there's more news on this, and I'm not sure this is the best news. Oh, no. So the Mavericks, I'm so excited. The Mavericks don't have the draft compensation to make this trade work, according to Mark Stein. They're working on another deal to send some, I don't know who it is. To no, get the draft like compensation? Like Omax Prosper, Jaden Hardy. I have no clue who it is. They don't have the draft picks needed that Washington wants for this deal. So Mark Stein is reporting the Mavericks are working on a secondary deal right now to get the draft picks from another team to send to the Washington Wizards. So I would say that this deal okay. is a, I don't want to say it's just 50-50, it's but dead. we've seen deals fall no, through no, no, like this where, where you agree to a deal and they're like, we agree to this as long as you get, let's just say, two second-round picks yeah. to us. And the Mavericks are like, well, here's the deal. We don't have two second-round picks. We traded them all already. We will go try to trade somebody else. Would that be your guess? Two second-round picks on the comp? That would be my guess. Two okay. to three second-round picks. Okay. I, I would go up to three because I know that Heck, last year, Jay Crowder was traded for five second-round draft right. picks. So I don't think th- – there's no way to go get five second-round draft picks. Sure. Like, I don't think there is. But I, I don't know what they're looking for right now. But there has to be another move the Mavs are making to get draft picks from somebody else to send to Washington to make this trade go through. If the deal ends up looking like that, so essentially you break it down. Let's just say just, – we'll just go with a couple of hypotheticals here. So then essentially it's Rashawn Holmes and Omax – for Daniel Gafford, or I'm okay with that. Okay, what I, if it's Hardy instead of Omax? I'm okay with that. In this, not that I would love the deal, okay? Because I do like Hardy. I think Hardy's going to have a really good six man of the year type of career. Yeah, come off the bench as a smaller guard. He's not much of a point guard, but he's going to be able to give you 15 to 20 points a night in his prime. So he's kind of like that guy, instant offense off the bench. We never want Jaden Hardy running an offense. He can't dribble well enough. He can't see the court to save his life right now. He's young. Maybe he'll get better at that. But he is a really good shooter, and I think he's going to keep improving his scoring. But if you had to give that up, because you have Kyrie Irving and Luka, there's not much playing time for a Jaden Hardy 
to get a big guy that's 25 years old under a three-year contract makes sense. Well, we thought the Gafford deal was done. We will keep an eye out on the Mavericks' attempts to pick up the compensation needed to complete the deal nope. to get Daniel Gafford. And Corey is already convinced that that deal now. is dead. <laughs> right now, we bring to you on the A number one hot seat from Mesquite Petit, the man who broke my heart by going with Texas over Texas A&M. It is Malik <laughs> Jefferson. I just wanted to let you know that's where I was coming at with this interview to begin with. It, it just it hurt me. I was like, this guy, he's going to be the best. There you go. Oh, there you go. That's perfect. Um, that's funny because I always tell this story, and I really haven't really told it on media, but uh, the upcoming days of me being – uh, finishing my recruiting process, um, I really wanted to know who the defense coordinator was, or the yeah, yeah, defense coordinator, head coach, something like that. I can't remember, but um, we we go through a lot of head yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it was it was just everything was kind of all over the place. It wasn't organized enough for me to be like, okay, I'm set. I know this is gonna be my coach, and uh, it's funny because the day they declared Chavis as the D coordinator. I was already moving into my dorm room. <laughs> and I would have loved to play for Chavis. Like, oh we had a great God. relationship. And so if we would have just sped along the process, maybe we could have. Honestly, that would have been a big, big deal for me because I actually enjoyed him as a coach. I've always been curious about something on recruiting. Clearly, people's reactions to recruiting has gotten completely out of hand. Oh, man. Because, right. like, when you went with Texas, yeah. I was sad, but no part of me thought, hey, let me go harass this high school kid. But that's what recruiting has turned into in a lot of places. I know it's probably a small amount of people, but that's got to make you sad for you and other athletes that go through this. Yeah, right? we, we kind of probably did a poor job of doing that because the announcement stuff kind of makes it more exciting for these kids. And when there's guys flipping and throwing hats and kind of disrespecting other schools, it's just like, just pick your school. Like, yeah. just pick where you want to go. So a lot of heckling and stuff started happening. I started seeing that trend whenever kids were doing that. Um, a lot of fans and, and, and locals, whoever, were, were kind of harassing them. But, you know, hopefully with, with the transfer portal, I talked to one of my friends who's a, a coach at a, a high school now, and it's, it's madness of how this is working because a lot of these kids are not getting their scholarships anymore because there's kids transferring from yep. other schools taking their spots. Yeah. I said, we have to come up with something. They need, a, they need a system because these guys out of high school need to be going to college and having their full rise and having their opportunities because that's not fair to them that somebody else is not playing good at a different school. To like, your point, it used to be where A&M or UT would say, let's just say your grades aren't as good. Go to Blinn. Go to, go to some place exactly. like that. Play for a year or two. Get your grades up. Play every down. And then we'll go get you as long as everything's working out. We have a great relationship with this JUCO or whatever. But now, like my son is a freshman baseball player. He's going to be a college baseball player. But I'm like, is it better to go to UTA in Arlington for a year or two rather than to sign with, let's say, A&M? That's exactly. his dream. Sit on the bench. And then then they bring in a junior from Stanford. And then like, well, I thought I was I was yeah. recruited here to unfair, be my, yeah. my sophomore and junior year a player, but now you just recruited three kids for my spot out exactly. of other major universities. And they're not safe, suffering any penalties, any sitting out, which I think that that was awesome for us. It prepared us for what was going to happen for me personally in the NFL because it's like you couldn't just leave when you wanted to. They kind of made the decision for you. Um, and that now that they're taking advantage of because these guys are leaving just because they're not playing. And I'm like, don't we? Just, what happened to the old school competition? Like, yeah. go out there and work harder than the next person. You know, I don't why should I compete that. when my new offer is right That's there? That's true. And then a lot of the stuff is, 
I hate to say it, a lot of stuff is political, and, and they're going to want the guys that they want to play out sure. there. And so that's, I'm going to leave that where it's there. Is it real politics? Oh, okay. or is oh, it just saying like political politics. within, yeah, sports Man, politics. Anybody who thinks like political, <laughs> like the actual realm of politics is dirty, you can check out plenty of other businesses. Sports is no different. It's it's pretty up there, especially with the NIL stuff now. Yeah. They're looking at everything as, as these college players. I mean, they're making more money than most NFL guys nowadays. So, mm. Malik Jefferson joined us here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. The I'm not I'm not trying to ask anything about like who should, but these defensive the Cowboys defensive coaches. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about? Like the Al Harris's and the Dirties and those guys. Yeah, did you get to know those guys? I love Al. Um, me, I had a lot of personal talks. Al's a former player, so it's easy to just connect with him. Um, we have a lot of personal talks, and throughout the season, we talked about stuff, trying to you know change the culture. Our defense struggled a little bit this year. Uh, we did the best we could with what was thrown out there, obviously, and you know that starts from the top. And uh, only thing we can do is just just keep fighting. But there's a lot of good guys in, in that room and and on that squad. So what? What do you – I was hoping you could expand on what you mean by that when it starts at the top. Are you saying <laughs> talent? Are you saying scheme from the previous defensive coordinator? Because Micah said something like that. I'm just trying to figure out a little he bit said, more. He said scheme? No, he didn't say scheme. He goes, hey, I don't draw up the plays. I just go where I'm told to go. See, and, and that, that is a good and bad attitude. But when you want to win, you're going to do whatever it takes. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying Micah is wrong for what he said or anything like that. Just for me personally, like – if I know we're struggling and if I know there's something that's not working, I'm at least talk to the coach. He was out there more than I was, so I'm pretty sure he had a pretty positive impact on what he could say to the coach sure. and try to get adjustments or whatever may happen on the field. But um, if he felt that way, he definitely should have, you know, spoken up and said something to coach and said, and maybe it helped our defense a lot more this year. When yeah, you, and I, when I take here from the top, I'm, I kind of looked at some of the positions and I was like, we got a bunch of safeties. Uh, at linebacker, we got uh, we need some other opportunities there. So my thoughts on the top are a little bit different uh, on that. So, but you, you have an interesting <laughs> look on your face right now. What are you considering saying or not saying? Um, I love the guys that played this year. Um, I don't think it was their fault, and I did everything I could as far as a veteran to help them play their position and and play faster. Um, it's a lot harder to tell somebody to do it instead of showing them, and it kind of sucked, and I, you know, I've talked to my coaches about it, everybody about it. it. It really did suck that I was not able to be out there playing with them because I had two years under the system with Dan. I played in the preseason the year before. I played, uh, played very well. This year I played very well in the two quarters I played, and so I had the respect from my special teams coach to be out there. Uh, he didn't need to see any more because of what I've done through, through last year and then this year's training camp and even in, in uh, the preseason game. He didn't really need to see me that much, but I just never got my shot. And it sucks, but at the same time, you know, those guys are going to be better off, and they learned a lot this year, um, especially about just being a role player and having to accept that and become great at that because those opportunities are opportunities to play in this league, and that's a big deal. So you have to understand, like, once you get those opportunities, I got to do whatever it takes to, to have that job. Who do you believe can help you more in the moment of the game? Is it a player in the battle with you, or is it a position coach or a defensive coordinator? Always a player. Always a player. You're, 
as a linebacker, I'm relying on what everybody else is seeing because I see stuff as well. So coaches, yeah, they can see stuff from up top and everything, making sidelines adjustments to small things. But actual playing and seeing guys' tendencies and weaknesses and what they're showing you right in front of you is a huge deal because if you're communicating with that person that if something's going to happen or they're going to do something different, you have to compliment them, especially as a linebacker. You have to be able to compliment the guys in front of you and behind you sometimes. What's your what's your plan this this coming up season? What are you what are you, what are you doing? Um, I'm just gonna work you out until to. I get a until I get a, um, a I'm a free agent, so I'm gonna work out and see if anybody wants me. You know, I'm I'm. You're welcome on the show. Anytime. I'm not. Hey, yes. I, I don't yeah. mind coming yes. on, but we'll have you, a weekly with you. You're good at this. <laughs> <laughs> I actually enjoy this. It's 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 pretty easy talking, and um, I'm always trying to be respectful of everybody's positions and opinions, and and hoping that everybody respects mine at the same time. So um, these. The, the, you know, football work itself out. And um, I know people have, like, always questioning, like, where I am, why I'm not playing and stuff like that. Hey, I just need somebody to believe in me and give me a fair chance and a fair opportunity and, and to go out there and actually show you what I can do. So um, it's fun doing this, though. I love. I could talk to you guys oh, all yeah. day. And, well, I, uh, I appreciate it very yeah, much. Yeah. You'll also learn about how we have to uh, get to commercials. Because <laughs> <laughs> the producer, we've already. I do run. have a good Fair friend down. from Mesquite Potique. I just need to know how much he's in the history of Mesquite Potique. Jason no. Jennings. Have you ever heard of Jason yes, Jennings? Yes, I, I know Jason. Uh, Jason actually has a facility either in the Colony or Little yeah. M. Okay. And uh, he's still cool. teaching kids baseball, so yeah. I love that. I didn't go surprise him one day at his shop, so okay, that'd be dope. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge apply ctmobile.com